Welcome to another episode of Married Watching Anime. I'm your host, Matthew. I'm your host, Christina. And this is episodes three and four of Rise of the Shield Hero. Woo! I, I still don't have intro music for this one. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to find something good for our anime episodes. Yes, I've not that. I've not thought that far forward. That's okay. This is still a work in progress. Very much so. Very much. This is round two yes. of uh, trying this, and then I have a different format. I'm gonna try for the third one, and then we'll see uh, see what you guys think of it. This one's a little bit more focused than the last time. Next one is a little bit more lax than what we had on the than this one but it, it'll be more focused than our first episode i'm trying to find a good balance here i think this one is going to be a little too focused but we'll see how what you guys think of it if you guys like it let us know uh because again this is our work in progress but we are enjoying watching rise of the shield hero very much so this is my second time through and i still really like it so anyway let's kick into episode three and uh talk about it a little bit and then we'll do episode four they kind of blend together after a little while. Can you guys hear that the dog just dropped his tennis ball in the bathroom across the hall? Yeah, he. if you hear... <laughs> oh, at, yep. he, he found his toy. We might have to pause and take that away. If you hear a weird cut, it's because this guy is... Because uh, now of... he's squeaking it in the bathroom, which makes it louder. Yeah, hold on. We're okay, going to pause. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Platyduck removed. I know. <laughs> so there is a squeaky toy in our house that we call Platyduck because on the website it says duck. It, it looks is, like a platypus. It clearly is a platypus. So anyway. Yes. Uh, episode three. Wave of catastrophe, right? Yes. The wave has finally come into the, the world, at least the first one that we've, the character has seen. Uh, and now Fumi and Raftalia are basically left to defend, defend the village of loot by themselves. It was pretty straightforward. Uh, it basically starts off with them talking. Raftalia makes a promise to him to always be his sword and stand by his side. He kind of passively brushes off the comment as he is still being tormented by the whole town and he just doesn't trust anybody. That's fair. Nobody seems <clears throat> to give him the time of day and just immediately jump to conclusions about him. So. Yeah, and so this episode is the first time you see Raftalia look like an adult, which is confusing... If you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I made you pause the episode and I went, why is she an adult now? <laughs> so demi-humans in this world, despite their age, as they level up as a character, uh, they become adults. So her age is actually 10, but she is looks like she's in her 20s. Yeah, more like Naofumi's age. Naofumi's age because of her being able to level up. And our dog is panting really loud, so you're going to hear lots of sound effects in this episode. He's waiting for Platyduck because he knows that it's on the table. Yeah, so we uh, you're going to hear lots of doggy sound effects in this episode. We'll do an ASMR video with just him breathing. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, so she looks like an adult, uh, and so her... Mentality is kind of mixed between adult thoughts and child thoughts. Is this also the episode where at the beginning she's like very assertive about everything? It's, she's more assertive than before. So like, he gets, like her a, he gets her a kid's meal and she's like, I don't want that kid's meal. And he's yeah, like, she's like, okay. Yeah, and he, and, but he doesn't see, he still sees her as the 10 year old. Yes. He hasn't realized that she looks like an adult, even though people are giving her free stuff and hitting on her. He just thinks the whole world is a bunch of what he calls lollicons, so into into young girls, and he was really confused by it. Mm-hmm. When the wave starts, they get ported out into the battlefield area, so they all get teleported to wherever the wave is. 
Uh, and he, while the other heroes go off to fight somewhere, he notices the village is in trouble, and so he gets over there to defend the village. Yeah, he's the only one defending the village. Yep, and undead are swarming the village. Uh, Nalfumi and Raftalia, well, he has Raftalia evacuate the village, and he's kind of playing as a... Uh, now I'm forgetting the word I want to use, as a decoy. Mm-hmm. And he's having all the monsters chase him, and even though he kills a bunch of them with fire, they just keep showing up. So Raftalia eventually comes back and helps rescue some guards that eventually show up to the village. Mm-hmm. And who also take credit for defending the village. That they do. Because they suck really hard. They're all dicks. <laughs> so the villagers at the end of this one are actually very happy they're appreciative, they understand, and they saw what he did firsthand. He saved their village and he saved their lives. Yeah, so this is the first time that you see people treating him... As a hero. As a hero, even though he's still... He's closed off. Definitely. He, he'd rather get paid money than gratitude. He doesn't care for gratitude or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's happy that people were saved you can tell that he has some humanity in him even if it's a little on the darker side of humanity somewhere deep down underneath the rough exterior (laughs) so what did you think of the wave in the first place it was interesting i wasn't sure what to expect from it um i know that when they brought the four heroes to this world they said that the first wave they encountered almost destroyed the entire country the Mm -hmm. entire kingdom whatever you want to call it So I wasn't sure if it would be to that extreme. This didn't seem as bad as whatever that one was. I don't want to say it was a little underwhelming, but I think it makes sense for the fact that the four heroes only just started training. Yeah. So it kind of fits how far they've made it in their training. Yeah, and so it was basically zombies, real big zombies, and bees for the most part. The bees, Justin. The (laughs) bees. (laughs) <laughs> I say that to your sister all the time. <laughs> There's a lot of really old YouTube video references coming up right now. <laughs> episode, so, was this episode, at least for me, was a lot less stress-inducing than the Definitely. prior two? Definitely. You got to see Naofumi in action doing what he was brought to this world to do. Which is defend and save people. Yes. And be the shield for everybody. Yes, and he was very good at that, and it was nice to see him get some of that gratitude and appreciation, whether he understands it or values it or not. It's mm-hmm. nice as the viewer to not be so frustrated by these people. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's easier to deal with him as a character. Like I said before, I have a hard time dealing with him when he's so, so turned off to the world, mm-hmm. but it's understandable why he is, so it's nice to see something good go for him for once. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not always the best thing, it's better yes. than negative the whole way through. Being accused of rape, yes. Yeah, yeah it's pretty awful. They do some with some really dark themes in this. I know. This bug snacks. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Ratalia growing up as an adult? I like the concept. I feel as though it should have been explained at the beginning of the episode because, again, I was very confused because she was suddenly an adult and she made the comment about how they'd only been training for, like, one or two weeks. I'm like, how how fast do they age? Which is when I made you pause it and go, what? They yeah. explain it at the end? Actually, they explain it in episode four. Is it episode four? Okay. Yeah, they explain it in ep- at the end of episode four. Yeah, yes, they do. They try to explain it earlier, but he just doesn't really want to listen to people. He just, yeah. again, he accuses people of being into young children versus actually seeing her as an adult. Yes. But again, in that world, demi humans 
when they look like an adult, they're treated like adults in that world. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if they're a 10-year-old as an adult or if they actually age to 24, 25, naturally, as long as they look like an adult, they're treated like an adult. And I think that's, they, it's a stick, it's not a stigma, but it's the reason why they're stigmatized in that community because it's unnatural for them to grow that quickly. That makes sense. So that's why they're, the demi-humans are treated as slaves and, you know, as less lesser, than, lesser, lesser, beings. lesser beings in this world. That's the reason why they do it there. Uh, at least in that kingdom. So that's how it's explained eventually. Which yes. is at the end of episode four, which we'll get to in a minute. How do you feel about her act wanting to be acting like an adult? Like being treated like an adult or wanting to be seen as adult even though he only... And how do you feel about him only seeing her as a kid? So I think her frustrations and her assertiveness <clears throat> make sense just with how the demi-humans age by leveling up. Like, when, one day you're, you know, look like a 10-year-old, and then the next day you hit, you know, a level 11, and you look like you're 25. Mm-hmm. So you're still going to have a little bit of that immaturity of, like, yeah, I know the entire world. I'm an adult now, but mm-hmm. you really don't. I also kind of like that he still sees her as a little kid, because I feel that way about, like, a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. like siblings of friends of mine are still like a particular age in my head like we went to a couple of barbecues at my friend's house over the summer and her brother was there and he's still like 12 in my head in the hallways of the middle school and he's like 23 and in law school now and it's really weird because he's still 12 in my head and we played beer pong against him Mm -hmm. yeah we did play beer pong so i get I'm I'm totally fine with Naofumi being like, yeah, she's still a kid. Yeah, and it, it coming from where he's from, she's ten regardless of yes, how she exactly. looks. At least to him, that's how he sees her. Yes. So it's an appropriate response if you are looking at it from our view. If you're looking at it from the world view, from their side, it's a little strange. Yes. But from w- him coming from our world, it's a pro- appropriate way of seeing it. So I, I thought it was interesting story building, at least for me. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Even though they didn't explain it very well until the end of this, but you could see at different points they tried to explain to him about demi-humans. Yeah, and he just doesn't care. He just doesn't pay attention or listen. That's pretty much episode... It ends with uh, all the heroes getting invited to the castle for a celebration. Do we, rate, it, the, do we rate it now or do we rate it at the end? We can rate episode three now. Okay. We can give it a shot. What do you think of episode three out of ten? I'd give it like an eight and a half. Yeah, it's a fair assertion. Yeah. It's a good episode. Yeah, it is. The Seeing the <clears throat> was it the wave of calamity, what is it? Yeah, wave of calamity. I keep thinking calamity. of Calamity Ganon from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's it, they're <laughs> calamity waves. Yes. They're big swirls in the sky. Mm-hmm. The sky turns orange and these big purple green swirls and all these monsters just start pouring yeah, out Yeah, it them. was cool to see that. And it's, see some actual action mm-hmm. that's not him fighting balloons. Yeah, yeah, real monsters. Ah, uh, real monsters. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> so it kicks right into episode four. Uh, it starts with them actually at the castle. <clears throat> Raftalia is super excited because there's a bunch of food she's never tried. And so she's constantly trying to convince... Uh, Naofumi. Naofumi to eat all the various foods. Uh, you get to see... Moroyasu being a dick, but he keeps hitting on Raftalia. The spear hero, right? Yeah, the spear yes. hero. He's hitting uh-huh. on he's hitting on Raftalia in this episode because he sees her as an adult and he's just confused, as as always. But eventually, he challenges Naofumi to a duel. This this episode 
Mm-hmm. It's by far the most frustrating episode you have to deal with. Yep. Everything else is pretty uphill, even though there's challenges, it's more uphill viewing. This one's really frustrating. So he challenges her to a duel and he wants her freedom and they're not listening to her at all saying she doesn't want to be free. She's happy with the thing. Now, Fumi also is terrible because he hates him so much. He doesn't feel the need to explain anything to them. Like the fact that he has to have a slave. Because no one wants to fight with him. At all. So he had, there was the only route left to him to even level and be able to fight the waves. Yeah, they just see that he has a slave. And how dare a hero have a slave. Yeah, and so the king forces him to fight. And he says he'll take her away by force if he doesn't fight. The spear hero. Yeah, the spear hero. So he was... He's going through the battle. He's going to win this duel. And then Motoyasu, uh, let me put Mai, the bitch of a princess. <laughs> pardon my foul language. We are going to bleep that. <laughs> that was at 13 minutes ago. Yeah. So we're going to take care of that. But uh, she, she hits him with a magic spell, causing him to fall. And then he eventually loses the duel because of that. And I spelt it as looses, not loses. That's okay. <laughs> you didn't even notice I it. literally did not look at this. I just printed it out. That's funny. <laughs> um, so her slave seal gets removed, uh, and basically this causes him to go in a downward spiral, really bad dark spiral, because he still sees her as a kid, and he sees her leaving him at that point. When the slave seal is removed, she gets removed from his party, mm-hmm. so he can't even see her in his party anymore. Um, so she's even trying to console him after slapping... Motoyasu and telling him you didn't even listen to me I want to be with him he's taken care of me he healed me when I was sick he's never made me do anything I didn't want to do unless it was to make me stronger mm-hmm. outside of that he's fed me he's clothed me and he it's taking care of me he's taking care of me and even the other heroes the other two heroes the bow and the sword hero accuse Motoyasu of cheating because they saw the spell. Yeah, they start to uh, get a little bit better in my book in this episode at the end where they, they actually have, call him out. And they have suspicions before they yes. didn't have any suspicions. Uh, and so she tries to console him and he's just going in a dark spiral and she eventually breaks through breaks through to him, gets able to tell him the same thing she told him before. He actually listens this time. Yeah, and he hears her for the first time and actually sees her as an adult for the first time and actually is confused on who she is. And then they explain how demi-humans age. At this point is when they actually explain... 35 minutes after I asked the question of why is she an adult now? (laughs) So um, she still promises to stay, be his sword and stay with him. And this is the first time that the curse that's kind of put on him is starting to lift. And then, like I said, the... They, the sword and the spear hero say he didn't win that fight because he cheated. Right. And so it pretty much, that's how that one episodes, other than with him actually being emotional and crying and happy with somebody. And Motoyasu still is like, how can you have a slave? And they're like, does that look like a, a slave master relationship is how they say it when he's just sitting there crying in her arms. Yes. They're like, that doesn't look like a... Bad he's, relationship. He's not mistreating her. <clears throat> yeah, it's not being bad. And so that's... That's kind of where that... Um, well, and the episode is also very infuriating just because no one listens to the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero whatsoever. At least in this kingdom that we can see so yes, far. No yep. one listens to him, and the whole duel came about because Mai, the dick of a princess, basically fed all this information to Moriyasu to basically set up the duel to basically trick the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero into losing everything that he's built up for the last month or so however long they've been there and it's just highly infuriating 
watching him fall again, even though he started to climb up the ladder. He gets and kicked off the ladder again. And I just strangle the dumb princess. Yeah, she's awful. She is the worst. So, um, at the end of it, there is some brightness in his life. A little bit. It's a, the end of it feels good, right? At least the it end does. of the episode feels really good. They, I think they accomplished in this episode what they wanted, which was to really make you angry and then go, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train this time. Yeah, it, halfway through the episode, I was like, I don't want to keep watching this series. But by the end, it was like, okay, I'll at least watch the next episode. And it's been good since then. We've watched several yeah. more. And so how do you feel about him, how he only saw her as a child? I know we kind of talked about it. But um, in this episode, I know he realized it. So how do you feel about him before and after him kind of seeing her as an adult I'm for glad, the first time? I'm glad he finally has noticed that she has grown up. I mean, he's not familiar with this world at all. So it's definitely jarring mm-hmm. that she's suddenly an adult. Yeah, well, it is really weird. When I first saw it, I'm like, what the hell happened here? Uh-huh. I'm confused. So I do like that he finally, you know, it clicked in his head that, oh, you're actually an adult now? Okay. Now, he will probably still keep treating her as a kid because that's just, you know, tendencies. Yeah. I mean, he still sees her as 10, even though she looks like an adult. Yes. It says it's something he's going to have to get used to. Uh, something I didn't write in my notes, but I just like to say this is the first episode he tastes something. Yeah, that was a theme... He, the food was really good, like, the first episode until, you know, things took a turn for the worse. And, and then he couldn't taste anything anymore. He couldn't anymore. taste anything. And then at the very end, after they got their prize or whatever from the king and were getting ready to leave, she brought him a sandwich that she made. Yes. Which is really funny. Just, just a sandwich. And yep. it's the first thing that he can actually taste. So there's a little bit of brightness as well. I thought that was cute. Yep. And how do you feel about the... I know we talked a little bit, but the bow and the sword hero, after they uh, semi-stand up for Naofumi in this episode, they don't really fully stand up for him, but they do say... They call him out for cheating. They call Moriyasu out for cheating, and Mai for cheating. Mostly Mai, yeah. yeah. And and kind of call out the king a little bit as well. Yeah, because the king just sides. Doesn't the pope also say, like, no, we saw her cheating? I don't think so. I don't know what he says. I don't remember. That's, I think that's... Five or six that you even encounter the Pope outside of seeing him in the duel. Okay. They just like and the Pope. I know. Like oh, the Pope is in the. <laughs> they have a religion uh, yeah. based off the sword, spear, and bow hero. Of course, the shield hero is not part of this Trinity Church. Of course, they have going on. So he is. You just see him for the first time in this episode. Yes. So the question was, how do I feel about the bow and sword? Yeah, hero? like I, I, you know, you know, you said you see them in a little better light, but how do you, like, you know, when you see them actually thinking for themselves for a little bit? It's nice, and it that was one of the reasons that maybe go okay, let's give at least another episode a watch because it seemed as though everybody was kind of turning a corner from being a dick towards Naofumi. No. Yes. It, mm-hmm. It's uh. There's a light at the end of the tunnel for him, and it's, again, like I said, it's not a train for the first time ever, and it was good to actually see him be able to let out all that um, awfulness inside of him for the first time. Yes. And it's also the first time uh, that you see the curse shield a little bit. It comes up in more later episodes, but you first start seeing him asking if he wants power. Mm-hmm. because he starts to lose his mind. When he's spiraling, that's when you first start to see hints of the shield loot like starting to go corrupt gotcha yeah i didn't fully understand that like i 
got that, you know, something else was kind of acting, not his normal shield, that would be a darker influence, but I guess I didn't think too far into it. Mm-hmm. But it was still a little like, hmm, I wonder what that was. Yeah, and so that's where that's coming from. There's a little bit of it. We'll get more talking about this evil shield later on. You get to see it in later episodes. But in this episode, it comes up briefly. You see him start to... Um, start to... Not... Yeah, I guess it would be him becoming evil a little bit. Be corrupted. Yeah, be corrupted. But Raftalia pulls him out of that corruption, at least for now. Cool. So, uh, what would you rate this episode? Now, before you give it a rating, <laughs> I want you to rate this episode based on what their actual intention was, which was exactly what you got out of it, to make you mad, and then... No! You have to rate it that way. Okay, rate it both ways. First, rate it how you actually feel about it, but then rate it based off the their delivery of the episode. I would give it a three. Emotionally? Emotionally, it, I would give it a three. How would you give it... If they, the actual delivery of the episode and everything. Because as much it's as almost, this episode pisses me off, I give it a nine for the actual delivery of everything that they do. I would give it like a seven. Okay. It's almost a... It, there's a line in the sand and they stepped like a toe over it. It was just a little too much frustration. Just a little too much. If they had brought it back just slightly, it would be like a nine and a half. This show is really good, folks. It is. Don't let this one episode... This fourth episode is very hard, but after that, it gets better. And before that, it's still okay. Listen, the next episode, we get Philo. Oh, yeah, your favorite character. And uh, I I love me some Philo. So you guys are going to be very... Stay tuned in. We're going to tell you about (laughs) Philo. And if you're watching... uh, I hope you uh, tune in and watch these before. We'll probably have to give a disclaimer each time. Watch the episodes first if you're going to watch them. Yeah, I think, I hope people understand that when we're reviewing these episodes. We're talking plot points. We're going to go through the whole thing. We're we're cutting them and we're going to go through everything. If you're into anime, please watch it before you you dive in. If you want to get a hold of us, you can go uh, at Gaming Marriage on Twitter. Uh, Email as GamingMarriage at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us some comments, questions, concerns. Listen to us gripe. Gripe at us. Yes. Whatever you want to deliver at us, we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. I was going to get the dog to breathe into the microphone, but he passed out on the floor. Yeah, he finally gave up. So, but oh, you yeah. can, you, we can at least send you off with his... Uh... <laughs> he sat up. You, right. There you go. All right, okay, we'll end on that. Now. All right, <laughs> bye.